Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses in. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you guys. Grateful for you. And rumor has it that somewhere today in our audience is a gentleman who just got out of prison from our God Behind Bars is now sitting in here. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. How cool is that? So I'm excited. I'm going to meet you backstage after this, camp, after this service. I can't wait to meet you and hug your neck and just congratulate you on your new leash in life and your freedom to go enjoy and live your life. Praise God. What a blessing. Isn't that great? The first place he chose to come was Church Unlimited when he got out. I think that's really cool. So very, very excited to have him here. So again, thanks for being a part of our services. By the way, our God Behind Bars just hit a new milestone. They just had over 1,000 men in church this last week. Let's give it up for them again. That's incredible. Wow, a thousand men. That's amazing. So they were breaking the law to hear my sermons. I'm telling you what. So, wow, that was a balloon. Everyone chill. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of our services today. Hey, let's share a mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Well, you know, I got to tell you, 20 years ago, the very first message I ever preached at Bay Area Fellowship, now known as Church Unlimited, the very first message I ever preached was on relationships. So I thought, wouldn't it be you know, the right thing to do to preach on relationships again? So pull out your notes right now. As you pull out your notes, turn to your boyfriend, girlfriend, your significant other, or your husband or wife, and let them know. I hope you listen to this sermon this time. Just let them know right now. I hope you're paying attention. Just let them know, okay? Pull out your notes if you would. We're talking about relationships. I'm very, very excited to be talking about this. Now, here's the thing. I know that all of us have dreamed about having this amazing relationship. So let's start right now with the ladies. Ladies, go first. Ladies, how many of you, when you were a little girl, dreamed this dream? You fantasized about this perfect wedding with this perfect guy, right? And then one day you have this perfect home with the white picket fence and the perfect children that you've, of course, already named. Ladies, how many of you dream this kind of dream when you're a little girl? Hold your hand high. Hands are going up all over our auditoriums, all across all of our campus right now. Now, men, how many of you dreamed a very, very different dream <laughs> about getting married and having sex twice a day the rest of your life? Hold your hands high, men. Yes, all the men's hands are going up everywhere, of course, yes. And now let's be honest, how many of you are still dreaming? Hold your hand high. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. So let's talk today about relationships, how we can have fulfillment in our relationships. God wants you to have a blessed relationship. But here's the thing, have you seen the stats lately? They're pretty scary. If you study any of the studies, they will tell you that roughly 50% of all marriages end in divorce. That's a scary stat. And so you think something with that high of a stat would cause us to want to really be prepared to really want to know what we're doing. I mean, can you imagine if I said 50% of everyone who goes and checks their mail got eaten by a bear? I mean, would that change how you check your mail, right? You'd be like, I'm putting on a football helmet, full gear, bat in one hand, gun in the other, let's go check the mail. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be, it would be like serious business, right? If I told you that 50% of everyone who got in the car got in a crash, wouldn't it be different? You'd be like, if your kids get in the car, you'd be like, okay, put the football helmet on, double seat belts, get a big car, right? You would be prepared, right? Because you don't want to end up a statistic, right? And so in the same way, we want to take our time to be prepared for relationships, to do them the right way. So whether you have been married for years, 
whether you are single and looking or whether you are a student here today and you're just kind of starting out in life, you need this message because we all want to do this right because no one dreams of, of, of having a divorce one day. No one dreams of their marriage dissolving. Everyone's dreaming of a great relationship. So wherever you are in those stages, I'm glad you're here for this series, and I hope you join us for the whole series. Hey, I want to stop real quick, by the way, and recognize that we have got the Veterans Memorial High School baseball team with us today. The whole team came out to say we want to put God first in our season. Will you guys stand real quick? Let's give it up for these guys, right? Look at that. Good job, guys. Glad y'all are here. Glad you guys are here. Can't wait to see you and your parents backstage after the service. We're going to have a lot of fun. So glad you guys are here too as well. And so, and if you want to bring your team out to whatever campus you are at, please do that. We encourage you to bring the whole team. And uh, we want you to start your year off right. I think it's a great thing to do. And so thanks for coming out. Appreciate you guys. Coach, thanks for being here as well. Appreciate you guys. Great to see you guys. And so, you know, as we talk today on relationships, here's what you got to know. God wants you to succeed in your relationships. People say, is it even possible anymore? I mean, is it just a fairy tale to even think that you can actually have a, a relationship where you fall in love, eventually get married, and you stay in love the rest of your life? Is it even possible? I've got a great answer for you today. The answer is yes. It is more than possible, but it is highly unlikely if you don't do it God's way. If you keep doing it the Lord's, if you keep doing it the world's way, you get the world's results, and that doesn't work out. But if you do it God's way, your chances increase greatly that it can go the distance. And so I'm excited to tell you, I've been married. This is my 25th year of being married this year. And so I will tell you from experience, it is more than possible to be married and to be happily married your entire life. I really believe that. I've been married longer than I've been single. And I'll tell you what, I would not go back. I love it. I'm so thankful to be married. I will admit, though, it's tough to be single today. Singles, I know this is not an easy season in, in our world to be single today. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Before we do that, please jump into your outlines if you would. Let's look at our first scripture for the day. It's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says this, This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two, become, the two people become one. Now, the word leaves there in the original Hebrew language is asab. Say asab. Asab. asab right? So you got to say it like you're Hebrew. Asab. Okay? Because that's how you say it. And so asab actually means to loosen or to relinquish. Or bros say to each other, they see each other, they go, asab. So, okay, that's a whole other. It's a really bad joke. I'm sorry. I apologize right now. So. Okay, so the thing is, is that it means to loosen or to relinquish, which means that one of the biggest keys to hitting the reset button in your relationship, those of you who came today say, man, I need a reset. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of not getting along. I'm tired of being just dull and boring and lifeless and losing our passion, our romance. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, man, we hadn't been romantic in, in forever. Or maybe you're thinking we hadn't had sex in forever. Oh, I said sex in church. Here we go, right? You know, I'm not afraid to talk about something God made. Does that make sense? Not afraid to talk about it, guys. We're going to go there. All right? So here's the thing. Well, you guys aren't very excited about sex in here. I was surprised. I wow. Well, I'm not your partner. Okay, so. So here's the deal. Oh, by the way, you don't want to miss next week. We're talking about sex. So you're not going to want to miss that. I'm telling you right now. So yeah, you're going to want to be here for that. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to encourage you to know this, that God wants you to know it can turn around. But here's the key. The key is what you did in the beginning. And so what did you do in the beginning? How do you hit push the reset button? It's real simple. The key is found in this verse. It says to relinquish and loosen yourself from all other things and prioritize your relationships. So number one, this relationships can only get a reset when you make it a priority. 
You've got to make it a priority. Bottom line is, is that you used to, when you were first in love, you woke up thinking about them. What are we going to do today? When do I get to see them next? When are they going on a date again? It was all about the relationship. And so you make it a priority. And when it's a priority, then guess what? Those good feelings come because you're thinking about it all the time. Even if you get in a fight, you're prioritized to get back together and get it worked out. And so the truth is, is that the priority makes it special. Now, now, before I go any further in this priority, though, before you go, I know, they need to be the number one person in my life, right? No, that'll mess it up too. Now, here's where we differ from the world. This is where a Christian relationship and marriage should be different than everyone else. See, there's this bill of goods we've been sold by the world in every romantic song, in every Disney movie does this as well, every movie and TV show, and this is what the bill of goods we've been, we're being sold. Here it is. If I can just meet the one, I'll be complete. If I can just meet the one, I'll be complete. Here's the problem with that. That person is still only a person. They cannot complete you. And so we understand that our one is Jesus Christ. He completes us. He fills the hole in our heart that no human being can fill. Because here's the thing, I may be a decent husband, but I'm a lousy Jesus. My wife is an amazing wife, but she's a lousy Jesus. She can't meet the deepest needs of my soul. She can't meet the deepest need I need for acceptance and unconditional love. She, she can't meet that deepest need. That need is met by Christ. My identity is not found in her. My identity is found in Christ. Ladies, you cannot find your identity in a man. You've got to find your identity in the man, Jesus Christ himself. And so he is the one. He is the one. And out of getting that right and being fulfilled in Christ, then you look for the two. Did you catch that? So he's the one, and now we, he helps us find the two. Would you write this down? God is first. Ultimately, whenever you get married, your spouse is second. Everybody and everything else is third. Now, if you're dating, they're still not second. Not at that point, because you're dating. They're probably becoming second quickly if you're really in love, right? But the truth is, is this is a process. The reality is, though, is that God is first, your spouse is second, everybody and everything else is third. Let me show you scripture on this. Matthew chapter 22 says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment, the first and the greatest commandment. So it's the first commandment to love the Lord your God, not to love someone else. So when you put God first, he gives you unconditional love to be able to love someone else unconditionally. He gives you acceptance to be able to accept someone else. See, when you're accepted by God with all your problems and all the things that you, all your flaws, it helps you accept someone else with their flaws. When you have your identity in Christ, you don't have to try to find your identity in someone else. Because here's what happens if you try to do that. You'll first idolize someone and eventually you demonize them. And so at first you're like, oh, he's so amazing. He'll talk to anyone. And then five years into marriage, he'll talk to anyone. It's the same thing. Now it's annoying you what you used to love, right? And so the reality is that if you try to make them into something they can't be, they'll go from being idolized to being demonized. There is a better way than that. Now, real quick, let me just talk to our singles in the room. If you're single, by the way, single could mean single student, single in college, single out of school, single because you're divorced now. I want to encourage you, if you're divorced, you're no longer divorced, you're now single. Okay, quit calling yourself divorced. It's got a negative connotation. Let's just say you're single, right? 
Okay? And so if you are single in any of our campuses right now, will you stand to your feet? All across this room, stand to your feet, all across all of our campuses. If you're single, come on. Bunch of single guys over here, I know for sure. Come on, guys. I know a bunch of you guys are single. Come on. If you're single, stand to your feet. Single, standing up everywhere. Come on. Everyone who's single, everyone's to their feet. Okay. All these singles. Now look around. I'll give you an opportunity right now. Look around. It's ladies' night at Church Unlimited. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, y'all can have a seat. Okay, so here's the thing. Just trying to help you out. I mean, you never know what can happen. You know, your lies locked. You're like, oh, this is it. I got my one. You're my two. Let's... Things can happen. I'm just saying. You never know. So, okay. So here's the thing. Singles, listen really clear to this. This is a big deal that you get this, okay? Singles, I want to really save you a lot of pain and a lot of time, okay? Seek the one while he brings you the two. Let me say that again. Seek the one while he brings you your two. But if you try to seek your two, doesn't work, does it? You say, well, I, you know what? I can't wait on God. It takes too long. I'm just going to find it myself. Yeah, how's that working? See, that's the thing. It doesn't work, does it? We've all tried that, haven't we? It doesn't work. We try to do it our way. Oh, she's hot. He's cute. He's got money. She's pretty. You know, oh, man, they're so sexy. And we think, oh, this is the one. And, and we make it all about just what we can see with our eyes. We ignore everything else. And it is a disaster, right? You've already had this probably, right? You're like, yeah, I tried that. That didn't work, right? So why are we repeating what doesn't, doesn't work? Listen, you tried everything else. Why don't you try this? Put God first. And if you'll do that, he will bring you your second. It's amazing how I've seen it time and time again. Andy Stanley has a great quote. Listen to what he says. He says, this is for our singles. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. Isn't that good? Become the person you're looking for is looking for. See, here's the truth. There, there was a girl that, that went off to college, and this is a true story. Uh, and her, her, she really honored God in high school and, and went to church and loved the Lord and, and, and did things right. And then when she got to college, she kind of just veered from that. She quit going to church, quit honoring God in her relationships, and just started to party, and just like a lot of people do when they go off to college. And her mom kept warning her, sweetie, you got to quit doing that. It's not going to end well. That You don't need to do that. And, and she was like, oh, mom, I'll be fine. And so she, she was in a sorority, and she was going to these fraternity mixers and, you know, partying, basically. And she meets this guy at a fraternity. She thinks, oh, he's so sweet, and he's so cute, and he's so nice. And I found out he's a Christian. So she calls her mom. She's like, mom, I met this amazing guy. He's this, he's this, he's that, he's that. And she described this amazing guy. And her mom said to her, sweetie, if he's everything you're describing, then he's not going to want you. Ouch. See, the reality is you don't get what you want. You, listen, you're not going to attract who you want. You're going to attract who you are. Did you catch that? So singles, be the person you're looking for, and then they'll be attracted to you. Does that make sense? If you'll make this a priority, it changes everything. I want to encourage you to do that and uh, pursue God. Put him number one. Seek him. Honor the Lord and lock your knees together. Okay, so. Did you catch the last part there? <laughs> Mommy, what does lock your knees together mean? Never mind, sweetie, never mind. So, check out this next scripture. Exodus chapter 34 says this. 
This is going to shock you because people don't think this says this in the Bible, but it does. In fact, this, there's a word that, that, that is used to describe God that may surprise you. There's a lot of words that describe the character of God. God has a lot of names, and they all describe different character elements of him. Like he's named Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God. I mean, there's all these different names of God. Jehovah Jireh, uh, Jehovah Rapha, there's a healing God. I mean, there's all kinds of names for him. There's another name that may surprise you for God. Check out this, Exodus chapter 34. For you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous. Huh, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous, impassioned God demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. Now, when I talk about jealous, I'm not talking about crazy jealousy. I'm not talking about ridiculousness like, did you look at her? I know you're looking at her. Were you looking at him? I can't believe you did. No, I'm not talking about that. That's ridiculous. I'm not talking about someone who's paranoid and psycho, okay? So set aside the memory of the psycho girlfriend or boyfriend that you used to have, okay? Or maybe that you still have, hopefully not. So... Set that aside. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about legitimate jealousy. Would it be fair to say, ladies, if your man was texting another woman incessantly all the time and it wasn't work-related, that you'd have a legitimate reason to ask some questions? Would it be fair, right? You'd be like, absolutely, right? Absolutely, right? I know, I get it. I get. It. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I got you. Okay. It's a family show. Keep that in mind. Okay, so the reality is that there would be a legitimate jealousy. But I'm not just talking about the kind of jealousy that we have with other people. There's another kind of legitimate jealousy that comes into play here. You see, once you fall in love, you get married, you start having kids. The moment you start having kids, here's what typically happens is typically a woman finds herself throwing herself into the kids, which is not a bad thing. It's a, it's a good quality. We all want to be good moms, ladies, right? And then the fathers th find themselves throwing themselves into their work, and they want to have a great career and provide for the families, another good quality. I'm generalizing a bit here, but typically this is what happens. And so what happens is, is that we find ourselves no longer prioritizing the relationship because now we are busy with a career, and we're busy with kids. I love my children. My children are in this service. I love them. But I have to tell them sometimes, I love you. Get out of the way. I'm trying to go at your mama. I mean, this is, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. My kids are used to it. They're just like, I threw up my mouth again. Please, Dad, stop. <laughs> the reality is that there's nothing wrong with that. But, but when you have kids, right, you, you kind of forget that you're a wife, ladies. And you got to remember, wait, I, wait, how do we get these kids, right? I was a wife, and that's what led to the children, right? I forget that, that I was a, a lover before I was a mother. I was a wife or a husband before I was the career person or the ch child rearing a great thing. The, the, the bottom line is this is that oftentimes we have to pull back and say, wait a minute. We may have some legitimate jealousy going on, and it doesn't even involve a person. It's fair for you to say, ladies, honey, I love you, but you keep working all hours of the night, when do I see you? When do we have our time, right? Or men sometimes legitimately can say, sweetie, I know I love our kids too, but we do need some time with just the two of us, right? Put them in front of Netflix and lock the door. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's have some time here, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that, okay? And so we need some time together and we need to prioritize that. And so sometimes good things can get in the way. I mean, I'm a pastor. I could easily say, well, honey, I can't come home. I'm doing the Lord's work. But I could, I could easily justify in my mind, even for spiritual reasons, why I'm not at home and not with her. And, but I don't do that because she's a priority. Does that make sense? 
And so you don't go the distance in a relationship without prioritizing it. And sometimes you have to be honest with each other and say, is there any legitimate jealousy? Maybe you're jealous of the golf clubs. Maybe it's not a person that's just like, every time you're free, you're golfing and not doing anything with me, or you're hunting, or, or you're, you're out with your girlfriend shopping rather than hanging out with me. I mean, every, every time you're free, you're, you're doing, you know, something else, video games, or you're, or, or you're always watching sports, or, you know, when are we ever going to have our time? And again, there's nothing wrong with any of the things I just mentioned. There's nothing wrong with any of those things in their right position. But again, it's, we have one God, and then we have number two, our spouse, number three, everything else. But if we get the order wrong, then we have a problem. So two, number two is this, guard against whatever brings legitimate jealousy. Maybe legitimate jealousy for you is the kids. And you're like, you know, we just need to have some time with just the two of us, right? That, that, that's important, you know? Uh, maybe for you, your legitimate jealousy is social media. Have you ever found yourself lying in bed next to your spouse and they're on their phone the whole time? And you're like, hey, can you put the phone up? I can think of a couple other things we could be doing other than dealing with the phone. And they don't involve the phone, right? Please do not let that involve the phone. Please do not let that involve the phone. Just a little piece of warning there. So the thing is, is that we need to prioritize a relationship. And if there's legitimate jealousy, we need to root it out and actually talk about it. Jimmy Evans, I've been leading heavily on his material, by the way, for this message. He's such a talented guy. And he wrote a book called Marriage on the Rock. Jimmy's a good friend. I want to quote something from his book. He says, when time, energy, and or resources that rightfully belong to us are given by our spouse to someone or something else in any consistent or significant way, we will feel violated and experience legitimate jealousy. Wow. So this is a real issue that we need to make sure we don't prioritize anything or anyone over God and our spouse. And so it's a big deal. So when you may need to take, stop and just say, maybe the real issue is really simple. I can reset our relationship just by simply being around more, prioritizing it, being together, and being intentional. When you Not just, well, I'm with her all the time, but, if, but is the TV on all the time when you're with each other? I mean, do you ever have a conversation over a dinner where you just talk, just the two of you? And really connect with one another. We used to have, my wife and I had a standing date night. That was a, a big part of, of when the kids were little. Because, you know, it's really hard when the kids are little. So we just had a standing babysitter every week. She'd come over the same night. And even if I was tired, worn out, if my wife was exhausted, we knew, we told her, you're getting paid either way. So that made us go out. Because otherwise, what will happen? You get up to the night, oh, you know what, you call, but just cancel the babysitter. I'm so tired. You keep doing that, and you'll never end up going out. And so go out tired then. You know, go collapse on each other. That's fine. But be with each other. And people say, oh, I can't do that, Pastor. My kids, they freak out. They cry when we leave. Yeah, I know what that looks like. Trust me. Mason was the master. You know what I mean? He, he deserves an Emmy. He was so good. This was him as a little kid. As soon as the door closed. Okay, now what are we going to do? I mean, give him an Emmy. He could act as good as any kid when he was little. I'm telling you what. You say they're going to cry when we leave. No, they're going to cry when you leave each other. Did you hear that? The tears are much worse when you leave each other. And so let them cry. Be together. My kids, I, I remember when Sophie, when she was little, she said, Daddy, do you love Mommy more than me? I was like, absolutely. She was like, oh, What? She was so offended. She was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah, I love your mom way more than you. <laughs> but you know what? They love the fact my kids will act like they're grossed out, but you know what? They find comfort. They don't even know what it looks like to have parents start in love. That's a good thing. 
that they don't have to worry about their mom and their dad, that they know we're together. The best thing, you want to really love your kids? Love their mom or dad. That's how you can love your kids. If you do that, they will love that, I promise you. They really will. So, again, you may say, Pastor, I'm already past that. It's okay. Start where you are. You know what? You can still be respectful even to your ex, by the way. You still can. And if you're married now, married again, love them and make that the one that lasts. Does that make sense? And so I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged by the sermon. You can do it. Hey, next week, be sure to join us. We're, we're excited about this whole series. Next week's message is called Hot Pursuit. You're not going to want to miss it because you want to get that reset. Check this out. Why do you always keep it so cold in here? Hmm. Babe, is it that hard to put your shoes up? Reset. Hey babe, look at the new shoes I bought you. <gasps> Why do you say that? It, it doesn't make sense. Why do you always have to disagree with everything that I say? Why do you always have to be like your mother? Do you know how much I love you? You may want to be here. Yeah. Next week's message, we're talking about hot pursuit, pursuing one another. We're going to give you some great tips on how to pursue one another, get that passion, get that fire back, get that romance back. Here's what I'm going to do, okay? For all the married men and women in the house, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, ladies, listen. I'm going to help you get romance back. Don't miss next week. Now, close your ears. Men, listen. Close your ears, ladies. All the men. I'm going to help you get laid, man, okay? <laughs> so don't miss next week. It's going to be great. Mommy, what is that? Never mind, sweetie, never mind. Don't miss next week. We're actually going to talk about sex next week as well. The sermon is going to be so good on sex next week, you're going to need to smoke afterwards. I'm telling you, don't miss it. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Quit laughing. You're encouraging me. You're the problem. <laughs> Okay, next scripture. <laughs> Can you read a verse after that? I don't know. Here we go. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, check it out. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What does this mean? Husbands, I want to encourage you with this. This is a big deal. Husbands, I want to challenge you to lead the way in what we say next. Here, here's what we want you to do. Number three, make time to get away together. How can you love your wives if you're never with them? Hard to do that. Make time to get away together together. Would you do that? Hey, real quick, I almost forgot. Uh, pull out your phones. Would you do that real quick? Everyone pull out their phones real quick. What you just saw, we posted on our Facebook as well as Instagram and Twitter. Would you go repost that or share that right now? Would you just put the word out? Would you be a social media evangelist right now and tell your friends about this series right now? Everyone pull your phones out, do that real quick. Would you do that? And just go ahead and post that, like it, share it. Would you do that? You help us get the word out. We actually had something go viral this week that I had shared in a sermon. It was crazy. Thank you so much, guys, for you sharing it with your friends. Uh, we, I couldn't believe it. It's now over 210,000 shares because it organically just went crazy. Thank you for getting the word out. I know that's you doing that, so that's really exciting. Isn't that cool? Going viral. Okay, so Ephesians 5 tells us, husbands, love your wives. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Get away together this week. What that means is Get a babysitter lined up and go on a date together, okay? Men, plan it. Do not just get in the car and go, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? No, plan it. Plan the date out. Honey, we're going to Whataburger. Let's go. Make a plan. 
Go out together. Encourage one another. Don't be negative either. Don't do, well, we need to do this because you know we need it. Don't do that. Be positive. Be excited. Get dressed up. Ladies, get dressed up. Men, I mean, look nice. You know, go somewhere nice. Spend a little money. You know, we don't have any money, Pastor. We really are broke. First of all, that's an excuse because you say you're broke, but you've got an iPhone 10. You say you're broke, but you got Jordans on your feet. So that's an excuse. Let's be honest here, guys. Spend some money. Go out somewhere nice. Take them out. Pursue one another and actually have time together and then come back and you know what I'm saying after that. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm sorry. I'm like half saved. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm sorry. Your pastors, I'm a bad person. Okay, so here's the deal though. Some of you right now are saying, Pastor, that sounds real funny and it sounds real cool and I get what you're saying, but frankly, that's offensive to me because you have no idea the anger or the hurt I'm dealing with. That's fair. That's totally fair. Some of you are like, Pastor, I, I, I mean, we're laughing, we're having fun, but the truth is, is that we are not there. And if we go out, it may not be pretty. Can I tell you something then? Then go out. Because you're not dealing with it now. And so at least you'll go out and have a tough date and have a tough conversation and work it out. And men, lead the way with the I'm sorry. Don't wait for her. You lead the way where you blew it, where you messed up. Listen, guys, here's the thing. When you were first dating and in love and crazy about each other and all over each other and all that stuff, guess what? When you got hurt by each other, you worked it out immediately. But now what do we do? We get hurt and we just sit and soak. We go silent treatment. We get angry. Man goes out to the garage and tinkers. Woman goes, and gets, goes to bed early every night to ensure she's already asleep before he gets in there. Right? Let's just be honest in here. That's not working. That leads to divorce. Please don't continue to do that. Pursue one another. Get away together. Go, go out on a date. You know, my wife, when, we were, when the kids were little, she would get the babies sometimes, and this is so cool, and she would surprise me and get a hotel room in town. I'm like, now we are talking. <laughs> she would get a hotel room in town. People would be like, Pastor Bill, if I see you at a hotel room, I'd be like, what's up? I'd be like, leave me alone. That's what's up. <laughs> I got me a plan I'm working. <laughs> but get away together. Maybe you need to get away and get out of town together. That's a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Go do that. If you can afford it, do it. I think it's a great thing. You know, if you vacation with the kids, that's great. But sometimes vacation from the kids. Or at least get two different rooms if you vacation. If you're all in one hotel room, you know ain't nothing going to happen. You know that, right? So get two rooms. Otherwise, when the kids are little, it's like, Mommy, Daddy, why are y'all still in the bathroom? Leave us alone. I mean, I, I hear some couples have done that. I don't know exactly. I mean, you know, so. Anyways, okay, so back to the point. Okay, so my kids are in this room. I'm so sorry. I just, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm going to get with your mom. Okay. So make time to get away together. That's your homework. I want to challenge you this week to get away with each other and just prioritize. It's not complicated. It's actually simple, guys. Reset is not complicated. Listen, listen, it's simple, but sometimes it's not easy. Don't confuse simple and easy because there may be some real hurts, some real issues. Hey, Pastor, you're asking me to gloss over issues. I'm not asking you to gloss over anything. I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to, to say, hey, let's talk about us. How are we doing? Let's start the conversation and if you're doing great, celebrate that. If you're doing great in a couple areas and not so good in a couple areas, celebrate where you're doing good and say, now let's work on what we're not. What can I do differently? And then 
you follow suit and say, well, what can I do differently? And you guys work it out. Don't attack each other. Attack the problem. Because your marriage is worth it. That's how you go the distance. God has so much for you. I want to encourage you to be here for this whole series, but I want to encourage you to begin with this. This may seem simple to say, oh, that's a great message. I can't wait to be back next week. No, no, no. Do the homework. It's not going to be as effective if you don't do that. Go out this week. Get a sitter. Even if you do it tonight, that's great. Do it tonight. Do it tomorrow night. But, but make a plan right now. Go out. Have a good time together, just the two of you, and just celebrate one another again. You'll suddenly remember why you fell in love. You'll remember what attracted you to them in the first place. You'll see them with new eyes when you begin to pursue them again. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed as we take a moment to pray. We've been talking about the one as well as the two today. Have you met the one? You see, you really aren't going to be complete if you're trying to get a human being to meet your needs as your one. They just can't do it. There's no one good enough to fill the spot in your soul. That is meant for Jesus Christ himself. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you can pray this prayer and you can meet the one right now. Would you pray this prayer with me? You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. You are the one. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sins and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart be my Lord and my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, you're sitting next to your boyfriend or girlfriend or, or your spouse, you can reach over and hold their hand now. And in this prayer, you can just say, God, please help us to put you first in our relationship. We want to put you first, God. I don't want to make this about me. I also don't want to make this about them. We want to make us about you. And the triangle is that when we get closer to you, we actually get closer to each other. Thank you, Lord, for my relationship. May you bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.